Welcome to our podcast. So what do you think? The podcast where we chat about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with friends, family, and loved ones. We laugh. This is the labor where they wash up. Then we wash, wash up. I'm from Missouri, so y'all leave me alone. She's from Missouri. She really means wash. I'm learning more and more. I know what I know. <laughs> they know I entered the ark. And they knew <laughs> I can't do this. Impressions. Hello. <laughs> I got the tomatoes. <laughs> Hi, this is Chang's Chinese restaurant. We get a little silly. Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I feel I have a hard time with condom, condiment, con. <laughs> Not condiments. She loves ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> so in Jesus. Jesus. That's our southern accent coming in there, folks. I'm just a little black queen. <laughs> serious. My spirit, Bubba, what if I give you what you deserve? And a lot grateful. When you feel that, you know, where is God? Well, well, that's him. That's him showing his love. Yes, he's got, he's got all these people loving on you. Oh, you know, yeah. And like, as we ask and answer questions about the Bible, faith, God, and everything in between, welcome to So What Do You Think? Take a load off, get comfy, and stay a while. Hey guys, it's Missy. Welcome to the show. And today I have with me my mom, Helen. Hi, Helen. Hi. <laughs> Sounds weird when I call you Helen. Um, before we get into our little um, study, I wanted to say that I know a lot of people are going through um, a lot of things. We just met with Aunt Carol and BJ and my cousin BJ and my cousin Dana. And just to hear what they're going through and... Um, we know that we are going through it as our immediate family also. And so, to me, everybody's going through it. The loss of people is just insane. It is. It's just... I know people are going through a hard time between COVID and just deaths. Mm-hmm. Like, there just seems to be a lot of deaths. Yeah. So, we're praying for you um, and praying for them, BJ and Dana and all them, Stephanie and Austin and Bailey, uh, and Gary and... Um, Carol. Yeah, Carol all of them and we pray for y'all because if that many people that i know are going through stuff it's got to be everywhere Mm -hmm. we pray for y'all too what are we going to talk about we're going to talk about the parallels between um the marriage uh feast of the lamb Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be when god calls his church and I am not talking about the Methodist Church or the Baptist Church <laughs> or the Independent Church or the Catholic Church. I'm talking about God's church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God's church is made up of people that, uh, all people, that are trusting Him and following Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so belonging to any certain denomination is not going to get you into heaven any more than Going out and sitting in the garage is going to make you into a car. (laughs) So um, you have to be a follower of Christ. So the parallel of that um, and the Jewish wedding that um, has been out there for forever, as far as I know. And I've studied some of it, but not as much in depth as we are studying um, and researching 
for this podcast, and we are not going to get to all of it today because it's very detailed, and some of it actually blew my mind. Yay. Uh, yay. My mind was already blown, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> In a different way? In a different way, yes. Well, we're getting into but, prophecy, which I love. Huh? We're getting into some prophecy, which I love. Right, because you can just you can just see it. Uh, I have been to a wedding. Um, Jewish uh, wedding? Uh, no, it, well, it, oh. no, it was a Christian wedding. Oh, okay. But they had a lot of uh, Jewish... Um, parts to their wedding. Traditions. Yeah, their traditions. And it was the most memorable wedding I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it happened quite a few years ago, but uh, I still remember it and how they conducted that wedding ceremony. It was it was beautiful. It was uh, meaningful. And um, I just had I'd never been through something like that. Most weddings, they come in, and within 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, the pastor will say, I now pronounce you man and wife. You can you may now kiss your bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this one was over an hour long, and uh, it has stuck with me all that they all that they did and the meaningfulness, if that's a correct word, <laughs> uh, of what they actually did was mm-hmm. just... Uh, it was just beautiful to to be there and watch it and see well, it. I'm very excited. So let's unpack it. Teach us. Okay. Oh, wise one. <laughs> no. Um, we're probably going to have to do this in several segments, so mm-hmm. you won't hear it all today. But uh, let's talk uh, for just a minute about the meaning of the marriage supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, biblically, it says, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. What will that marriage supper be? Uh, and what I have here, what I'm getting ready to read, uh, actually came from someone that I was researching and found this, and um, it actually gives a good description. But then we will, as time goes on, break it down uh, segment by segment, mm-hmm. and um, <coughs> go into some detail that I promise you folks, it's going to blow your mind. Yeah. There will come a time when all God's redeemed shall be saved. That doesn't mean everybody in the world will be saved. It's God's redeemed mm-hmm. will be saved. There will come a day when all who have died shall have been raised again from the tomb, and those who remain alive shall have been changed so that their corruption shall have put on incorruption and mortality shall have put on immortality. Then will the church be perfect and complete. And again, the church being believers. No one member will be missing. There will be no spot or wrinkle remaining in her. Then it shall come to pass that Christ will celebrate this marriage supper, which will be the bringing of the people of God into the closest and happiest union with Christ their Lord in glory. Y'all, can you imagine that? Mm -mm. Just try to think about how awesome that's going to be. 
I wish it was now. I know. Come come quickly, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Even now, the Lord Jesus Christ is no stranger to some of us, and we are not strangers to Him. Yet there will come a day when we will see Him face to face, and then we will know Him with a clearer and fuller knowledge that, than is possible to us today. What that bliss will be, I cannot tell. Oh, the ineffable brightness when we will see him face to face. Oh, the unspeakable sweetness when we will hear his voice. Oh, the amazing bliss when he will manifest himself to us in all his glory. And there will come such a day for all whom he has redeemed, for all who trust him and rest in his atoning sacrifice. That will be the marriage supper of the Lamb. That feast will be, like most other marriage suppers, the fulfillment of long expectation. Our Lord has waited long for his perfected church. He espoused himself to her before ever the earth was. But there was much to be done before she was prepared for the marriage. The bridegroom, too, had to leave his father and become one with his bride by taking upon himself our humanity. For our sake he did not quit the thrones and royalties of heaven that he might be bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, and here was he born, and here he lived, and here he died. But still the bride was not ready, and it is not till you come to this chapter that you read The marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. His wife being us. Souls have to be saved. New, created, blood, washed, sanctified, perfected, and the whole of them must be gathered to make up the body of Christ's spouse. And when that is done and she is all complete, the expectations of the Christ will be fulfilled at that marriage supper. Oh, beloved, you do not know the longings of the heart of Christ for that day of glory. For this he lived, for this he died, for this he continually pleads that all of whom he shed his precious blood might be his in that day. That day is fast coming, and when it arrives, then will be the wedding feast above. Wow, and there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. So let's let's break this down a little bit because I've thought it in my past, and I know other people have thought it. Um, it sounds weird when you say Christians, we are the bride of Christ. It's probably especially hard for men it, or people who don't understand. Right. Um, how do you get past that? Not thinking of... Jesus is my father, and now here we are being called the bride of Christ, man or woman. It is confusing. It sounds weird to people. How do you break that down so they understand, so we understand? He's talking about something else, kind of like. Well, he's looking at the church as a whole, as an entity and in a wedding, you have a bride and a bridegroom. 
Mm-hmm. And since Jesus is going to be the bridegroom or is the bridegroom waiting for his bride, the church as a whole, without breaking it out as to man and woman, you know, okay, men, you're going to be called something else. Women, you're going to be called the, the bride. Um, it's it's coming together as the church as a whole uh, to to be married to our bridegroom. He's talking Jesus more about Christ. love. Yep. This is breaking it down more about love, like how a bridegroom loves his bride. Right. And, and I think that's where the confusion comes in. Gave himself up for his bride. Right. And we're going to learn more about that because yes. we're going to get into that, which is a very cool and exciting. Um, I just think it's hard for people to grasp being called a bride to Jesus. Right. Um I guess being a woman, it's never confused it me. It is easier for women. Yeah, it would be much easier for women to not just understand that, but accept it, uh, that we are part of the bride. If there was one way we could describe it for a man, it would be like, Jesus is your tractor. No, <laughs> I, no I don't know. I'm thinking of your truck. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's getting the truck all ready for you to drive, you know, something yeah. like that. I don't really know how to describe it, but um, it's about love is the bottom line. Well, and maybe as we get more and more into breaking down the ceremonial part of, part it. of yeah. it, and I'm not talking about just the ceremonial part of the uh, uh, supper, but what is going on right now? Before the yes, before all this happens, we're going to break down what happens in a Jewish wedding. Yes, and how that's tied to the engagement. Yes, the uh, price that was paid. Uh, what actually the bride, uh, the uh, bridegroom, adorns himself with, folks. That, that's going to blow you away. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's one of the uh, things that excites me about the Bible. There's so many parallels that mm-hmm. is insane, and mm-hmm. you're fixing to see a bunch of them that I know Mom hadn't seen them. I haven't either There's until a lot recently. Of them I have not seen. This yeah. is kind of a new revelation for us, right? It is, and so we hope it's a new and exciting revelation for you. Because, yeah. Um, it's I mean, just, I've heard of you know. And read and not really studied in depth the uh, uh, supper, mm-hmm. but uh, the other parts of it I have not really studied it. Yeah, um, and so it is opening my eyes to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be exciting. Okay, uh, I don't know when will be our next time to get together. I guess three weeks. From You're now. every three weeks. I know it. So. <laughs> All right. So I guess in three weeks. Uh, the um, marriage supper of the Lamb is a symbolic representation of the joyful, intimate, and eternal fellowship that takes place between Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the bridegroom, and his bride, the church. Uh, this future picture. A picture of a great wedding feast is drawn from Revelation 19, 6 through 9. And Revelation 19 says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, 
like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Yeah, let me tell you something about that. I've had... um... Two different people in the last two weeks say they had a dream of the wedding supper. Mm. They described it as this long, beautiful table, like you can't even see the ends of the table. And that different people, and these are two different people that don't know each other, okay? But they both described that people were running around getting the table ready, like wiping off the wine glasses and setting the plates and doing this and Two different people who don't know each other had that dream within the last two weeks, like uh, they're getting the table ready. Yeah. And that cool? Well, you know, you know, there's another place in the Bible where God tells us that he is preparing a table for us. Mm, yes. Psalms 23, the mm-hmm. my favorite. And y'all, I was brought up reading that psalm and, you know, hearing it at church. Mm-hmm. But one day, just that one line hit me between the eyes and it's like, oh, my goodness. And it says that God, he is preparing a table mm-hmm. for us in the presence of our enemies. Wow. Folks, think about that. Pray right. over that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that had so much meaning to me. What it mean to you. Yeah. To think about God literally making a banquet for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And my enemies being able to watch and see that, and they would not be invited to mm-hmm. it. Right. Not that I'm glad they're not coming. I'm sad for them, those that are not absolutely uh, that are not receiving Christ. That you know are, are are making up their mind that they don't want to be a part of it. But oh my goodness, to think about my God, yeah, preparing that table for me. And when God prepares a table, folks. It's not cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, what is it, turi- what's the board called? Uh, oh, yeah, Cherokee, uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever that is. Well, we were talking about uh, on the way here, we're actually in person today. We hadn't done that in a long time. We, uh, we went out to lunch. And on the way here, we were talking about um, how, you know, in the uh, Old Testament, when the um, Israelites were trying to escape Egypt and they got the plagues and None of the Egyptians would, they recognized that God was doing it. They recognized that he's a sovereign power, but they cursed him instead of uh, turning to him and saying, wait, this is God. He's doing this. I need to change my mind. I need to repent of my sins. And it's going to be the same way in the end of Mm -hmm. days. So you're talking about your enemies seeing it. You wish for nobody to go to hell or not to repent and accept Christ into their heart. Your wor- even your worst enemy, somebody mm-hmm. evil, I mean, that you could save, you would want to save. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Let's look at Matthew 25, 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. 
Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in their jars, in jars, along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And y'all, our bridegroom, it's a lot, he's a long time in coming too, or seems like it, but it could be that it's not going to be too much longer. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And y'all, keep in mind as we go through this, through however many sessions it takes, the midnight cry. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the, uh, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. This is always interesting. Keep watch. Mm-hmm. Because as a Christian, you're a Christian, I'm a Christian. You think, okay, am I supposed to be looking at the sky 24-7? What, what is he talking about here? He's talking about your heart being prepared for Mm -hmm. him. And keep watch over what you do, who you're involved with, Mm -hmm. what you say, whether or not you pick up that piece of bubble gum in the store and walk out with it. Well, then you get into works. Yeah. Well, yes, you do. But you've got to watch out because if your heart starts becoming corrupted Mm -hmm. with things, you know, how many R-rated movies have you gone to? What there's a saying uh, that goes with the computer garbage in, garbage, garbage out. out. Okay. And the same thing is true with our heart and our soul and mm-hmm. our spirit. If we allow our, and even our bodies, if we allow uh, bad things to come in and stay in uh, or continually, to, um, you know, live like we're not supposed to, then it can end up corrupting us. Well, that's typically how it happens. It's a subtle Mm -hmm. first little step, and then, boom, Mm -hmm. you're in the middle of a mess that you don't know how to get out of. Well, look at this. This, what I just read, the the ten virgins, right? ten bridesmaids. Apparently, they were all alike. Mm -hmm. But five of them knew how to be... um, conscious of what they're supposed to be doing. So they took the extra oil. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Holy Spirit told them. Maybe the Holy Spirit told the other five too, but they didn't pay any attention. That's true. That's a good point. So you've got to watch. uh, Stay in tune with Jesus. Yes. There's a verse in the Bible that says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So one other thing I want to read It's a little out of context, but maybe not. It's one of my favorite 
verses in the whole Bible. I love it. You just it. said your favorite one was in Psalms. I know. I did, didn't I? No, it was in, it's like your children, isn't it? Yep. All they're, of y'all are my favorite. They're all your favorite when you're reading them. Yep. Um, it's in Isaiah 54.10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed. I'm going to read that again. Though the mount, mountains be shaken and the hills be removed. Y'all... Folks, our mountains are now being shaken. Yeah. Definitely. And some of our hills are being removed, and more of them could be removed. We what are you don't know. talking about? Huh? What are you talking about? I was getting ready to go into something. If something. I'd shut up. Uh, well, no, you're not supposed to. <laughs> uh, some of the things that we rely on, our money situation, well, mm-hmm. you know, inflation's going up, Uh People are doing things with things that I don't understand. I'm too old, folks. Uh, like uh, Bitcoin and stuff yeah. like that. Um, the rumors out there, prophets out there, are saying that uh, our money may disappear, that we may not even be into a, uh, a monetary society anymore, that that could change. Uh, you think that won't be a hill that would be removed? They're talking about that yes. in three, four years from mm-hmm. now, but... Think about that if you didn't have, if they took away your bank account with all your money and it wasn't your money anymore, what would you do? Right. And that's what they're talking about. It's like you got to kind of be prepared, but you can't have cash. Well, they're setting up for the one world government. The only way the government can follow you is for it to be digital. It has to be digital. If you had cash or gold and you could swap that, you know, it would be, they couldn't track you. Right. And the Bible says they're going to be able to track you because you won't be able to buy or sell in the tribulation, period. Right. Um, and that is biblical. If y'all don't know Revelation, it is in there. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the verse. I want to say 13, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. But, I mean, our our mountains are being shaken. Our hills are in the process of being removed. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read it one more time. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, Yet, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. And the part that that got me, of course, back when this actually started having some uh, strong meaning for me was years ago, And my mountains and hills were not being shaken and removed, so it has more meaning to me today than it did then. Mm -hmm. But what really got to me was, nor my covenant of peace be removed. So, folks, if your mountains are being shaken and your hills being removed, guess what? God's covenant of peace is still there. And one of the things that really, really meant so much to me was the word covenant. And I had never thought of it in depth, uh, especially concerning my marriage. And um, a covenant is much more than a promise, much deeper, much more of a, much more than a commitment. And I had always looked at my marriage vows as a, I had made a commitment to uh, God and to my husband uh, when we got married. 
But then I started looking at the fact that, no, I didn't make a commitment. I didn't make a promise. I made a covenant. I made a covenant with my God and with my husband. And, oh, man, did have, have we been through some hard times, and Missy can attest to a lot of that. Yeah. But uh, when we got married, he had five children. I've got five children. And when, you know, it's it's tough enough when there's only one of you. Sometimes it's tough enough when uh, the children are both of y'all's. But there was a lot that we had to go through. But God kept bringing me back to the covenant and that, you know, I couldn't break it. I'm not supposed to break it. God's not going to break his covenant. I'm not supposed to break mine. And so that got me through and got us through uh, a lot. And we had been married 41 years, had dated not quite two years before that, um, but we'd been married 41 years when he passed away back in November. So the covenant part of it, I wanted to bring that in because we're getting ready to get into uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb and parallel it with uh, the Jewish wedding Mm -hmm. and uh, the uh, wedding uh, supper that they have at the end of their uh, wedding. So anyway, uh, there's an awesome parallel between a Jewish wedding and her relationship with God and our engagement period with him and the future wedding supper we will have with him. I've never thought until I started studying this in depth. Mm-hmm. You know, we reach a point where we either say the sinner's prayer mm-hmm. or we start following Christ or however it happens for us. Mm-hmm. And we become a follower of Christ. Y'all, that's an engagement period. Mm-hmm. So we will go through some of the same things that a couple will uh, before they get married, but it's taking us a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most most marriages uh, are for maybe a year, six months, whatever mm-hmm. the bride and groom decide on, but... Um, I don't know about y'all, but I've been in this mayor in this engagement with him for se- over seventy years. So <laughs> my engagement's a lot longer than most people. Yeah, the marriage supper is the climactic stage of a long engagement period between Jesus and the church. I've never looked at my relationship with Jesus since I started following him as an engagement period until recently. Yeah. Believers can experience close and eternal fellowship with God right now from the moment of of salvation. But when the bridegroom returns to take his bride into the new heavens and the new earth, when the betrothal is consummated, that relationship will far exceed anything we can presently experience. Have you accepted Christ's marriage proposal? Are you preparing as a bride who readies herself for her groom. In a Jewish engagement, the father of the bridegroom selects the future bride. And I don't think I really knew that. I thought the bride's parents did it. But this is the father of the bridegroom selects the future bride. We have been selected by Father God to be the bride of his son, 
Jesus Christ. Let's read 1 Peter 1, 2. So this is where we start the comparison. Some of it, yes. Yeah, okay. To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Now let's read John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose, this is Jesus speaking. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Mm-hmm. So we were chosen just like in the Jewish wedding, the bridegroom. Just like in the... The Father selects the bride. Mm-hmm. Jesus has selected us. God has selected us. After the bride was selected in the Jewish marriage, a bride price was made between the families of the bride and the bridegroom. That's exactly what God did for us. A bride price has been paid. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And the next one is 1 Peter 18, 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We have been bought, uh, everybody. The Lord has bought us with a special blessed price. And the bride price has been paid. On the cross. On the cross. Let's talk about that, how it relates, because the bridegroom goes and finds this woman that he wants his son to marry. Right. The bridegroom's father. The bridegroom's father. He selects her, Mm. and then he has to talk about how much is he going to pay for this bride. Right. They have to negotiate. Between the two families. Between the two families. And it's the exact same thing with God sending Jesus, but there was no negotiation. They did it. God did it. Jesus did it out of love. He he died on the cross for our sins. Those are the first two steps of a Jewish wedding and how right. it relates to our engagement to Jesus and gets into some of the things, the rapture and all that we're going to get into. Right. Yes. Anything else? No, I, I think that's a good place to stop today. It is. That's a lot of information I'll- to... 
Digest. I think you should study the Jewish wedding if you're interested. Uh, Billy Crone has a little bit on this. It's Billy, you know how that's spelled, but Crone, C-R-O-N-E. If you're interested in prophecy, my mom and I both listened to Jan Markle. uh, Jan, J-A-N, Markle, M-A-R-K-E-L. Olive Tree Ministries is her ministry. That's her ministry, yeah. She's really good if you're interested in prophecy like we are. Yeah, and she usually has guests. She has guest um, speakers on. That, the last two were about, uh, the last three, two were about COVID and what you can do to treat yourself if you have COVID without using some of the things that uh, the hospital uses. Uh, the third one was about monetary things that might happen in the future, right? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the guy talking about the banking systems. But um, she's really good, so if you're interested in that. But having heard all this, you know, we like to always say a prayer for people who don't know Christ. And um, I know this is a lot to take in. It's very exciting stuff, and you'll learn as you get, you know, the longer you um, study and get to know Jesus in your heart, you'll you'll learn more and more about him. Um, you don't have to say a prayer. You know, there's no magic words. Um if you just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that is enough. I personally like to say a prayer. I said a prayer when I um, accepted Christ. And um, I'm going to say a prayer with you now. So if you want to accept Christ, just pray with me. Dear Lord, just come into my heart. I believe that God sent Jesus to die for me for my sins, Lord. I know that he rose on the third day. I know that He sits at the right hand of the Father and is alive and well, Lord, and that I can have a real relationship with Him right now. I can turn over all my cares, all my troubles, Lord, and in the midst of the quakes and the storms, that I can still have peace because Jesus has a covenant with me, like my mom said. And uh, He loves you, and I just pray that you would grow in Him, and I pray for the people going through the struggles And if you said that prayer, you are um, a Christian, and God has sealed your heart and your mind and your soul. And I just thank you for listening to us, and I pray that you grow. And we pray for you as everybody I know is going through a hard time. I just I lift y'all up to Jesus and pray that he gives you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bye, Mom. That was great. Bye. Can't wait to hear the rest. (laughs) Oh, it's exciting. It is exciting. Yes. Yeah. Everybody have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Are you interested in listening to more episodes? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Do you have a question you'd like us to chat about? Email us at swduthink at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. See you next time.